You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Now I still trap. Well, he wasn't there. He was messing with your head. It was all in your mind. How do we know he's not spying on us through Wally right now? I'm going to get out of here, Wallace. I have what I need to escape my hell. He's ten steps ahead of you. There's no stopping Savitar. Oh my god. It's another episode of the legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrow, where each week Glenn and I sit down to discuss the DC double shot again, I think, on the CW. There's but the good time. These these were the top shelf ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we were getting the, the A squad uh, of these shows. Uh, no Arrow this week, so that's good. Uh, in a haze, in a haze, because I'm I my body can't decide whether I'm coming down from being sick or getting sick all over again i uh i have i have files here for the um because i i piece these into the podcast with the uh whatever the the ad is for this week's episode and i have ads for the flash dc legends and arrow and i'm like oh shit was arrow on and i didn't watch it and uh no i just have it here i guess uh, in advance of the episode coming out. There were only two episodes this week. Next week, uh, we will have all three episodes back. So, hmm. yeah. Not looking forward to it, but whatever. Uh, we're kicking it off season three, episode 15 of The Flash, called The Wrath of Savitar. So, Wally is continuing to have visions of Savitar. And after a physical altercation with him, finally admits this to the team. The team attempts to question Savitar via Julian, who again acts as a conduit for Savitar. And as Savitar, he casts doubt on whether the Philosopher's Stone is truly lost in the Speed Force. Caitlin confesses that she kept a part of the stone, hoping to use it to remove her powers. Boy, I'm sure that's not going to backfire on anybody. Uh, Barry and the team figures out that Savitar is trapped inside the Speed Force. Um, and Wall- But Wally is at home with Jesse when he realizes this. And Wally, after being confronted by Savitar, who appears as a vision of his mother, steals the stone fragment from the lab, it creates a portal, and launches the fragment into the Speed Force, believing that this will exile Savitar for good. Barry arrives just as the portal draws Wally into it, trapping him in the Speed Force. Savitar, having successfully manipulated Wally, emerges from the Speed Force and fights Barry, taunting him by boasting that he will kill him before Barry watches Iris dies, uh, before Iris will die right before his eyes. Barry is able to wound Savitar by using his vibrating hand to slice off his arm blade, but Savitar manages to retreat. 
There's a lot that happened this week's episode. What did, what did you think of it? Uh, that was pretty good. Um, again, we're going to contrast how you do things well and how you do things poorly. Mm-hmm. This is very reminiscent of the Felicity decision, except the logic behind it made sense. Like, yeah. She had a right to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he wasn't, you know, gonna, you know, even though he probably would inevitably propose to her. The one thing that really bothered me was if he asked for the ring from Joe, what the fuck did Joe think was going to happen? Right. I mean, I get asking for permission. Like I completely understand that. And it is kind of weird, like with how close they are, that he wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, what did he think whenever he was getting the ring from him? Like, what do you think was going to happen? Yeah, uh, maybe he thought Barry had uh, another girlfriend that he was seeing on the side and was going to ask her for uh, for her hand in marriage because clearly it wasn't going to be Iris since Barry didn't ask him for permission. So maybe that's what Joe was thinking, and he just went along with it and didn't question him. I don't know. That didn't make any sense to me either. I thought that was really strange. And then Barry just gave him like a, you know, he was basically like, look, A, it's it's 2017 or whatever year it is. And yeah. and B, he's like, you know, I knew you were going to say yes. So I just, you know, I wanted it to be a surprise. Surprise, you know? And I don't know why Joe took this so hard. It's, I like, I like this character, but that seems, I don't know, that seems a little weird for him to be like pissy about it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, it was just, it was, yeah. And I would just say, like, it, at the beginning part of it was kind of rocky as far as right them trying to handle their teen angst meanness with them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you, you guys can line up your shots, too. Um, I will say this episode, given it's the 20-year anniversary of the pilot, uh, really did feel like a, it was like a felt like a Buffy episode. I would say like this, kind of having gone back and watched some clips of it recently, it was it kind of it was kind of like that. Just you know the switch, bad guy gets out, good guy goes in. We don't know if good guy's gonna come back or even for how long will he be trapped. You know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know another person falling by the wayside because of a betrayal. Like they had a lot of. A lot of cliche CWWB UPN kind of stuff going on this episode, but it all—I mean, besides the beginning part, it was—it was handled pretty well. I did. I mean, I was the ending got me excited for the next episode. <clears throat> yeah, I—I I don't disagree. They—I um, mean, it's another—I uh, don't know. Like, it's another somebody gets trapped in the Speed Force deal, and we have to go into the Speed Force to rescue them from the Speed Force. Like uh, well, the last time that happened, it was Barry. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just saying it's like I, I'm. I'm curious to see where it goes, but it also at the same time feels like we kind of did this already. But I, I look, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of room to complain. Like I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I can't. I've lost track of how many times they had uh, an episode where the the holodeck malfunctioned, and they did a everyone's trapped on the holodeck for an episode. Every uh, episode. I mean, it feels it. So, it sometimes it feels like it over the course of like five shows. Did they uh, ever like, do that episode with like? Oh, remember that time we were? <laughs> they just did flashbacks. Oh, they did like a flash. 
Um, yeah, actually, you know what? There was one next gen episode where they did. Uh, they had to do flashbacks, uh, and weirdly enough, I think it was a, the season two finale uh, because they, there was like a writer strike that happened like right before. Yeah, usually it happens with budgets. Yeah, and well, in this case, it was a writer strike, and they had to. They basically were able to squeeze out the framing device to allow them to do flashbacks, <laughs> and the, it was basically like a flashback episode. Uh, and it's the only time I think I've ever actually seen that in Star Trek. I don't think they've done uh, legitimate flashbacks in that in that way, like a clip show. Hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully we never get there with Flash either, because I, boy, nothing nothing turns me off more than when it's like, well, we got to do a clip show. Yeah, uh, save the, the budget. Yeah, uh, the unless only time the it, clip show is King Shark and Gorilla Grodd. Hey, if it's a clip show, of that sure. All the time Barry had to fight animal monster things yeah. sure i'm i'm in for that and i think the only other time it really worked for me the the simpsons kind of famously did a clip show but that was the simpsons they were showing like famous you know hilarious bits from over i don't at that point it was like you know five or six years of worth of shows and yeah i mean i know friends had a pretty famously egregious one how do we get on this tangent Oh, I don't know. You were talking about holodecks. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. Um, yeah, I, I thought this episode was, uh, I thought this episode was fine. Uh, the, uh, I mean, you kind of touched on the stuff that, the like the biggest standout to me was the thing you touched on already, which was how weird Joe West was act- acting. Yeah, it was really strange. Um, you know, otherwise, uh, this was. Hey, I'm happy for you, Barry, but. Uh... Uh, how come you didn't ask me? <laughs> well, well he asked for the ring. Like I, I don't. I mean, I get it. I guess he should have just. Maybe. I, I, I completely understand. It is weird that Barry wouldn't ask him for permission, but maybe he thought Barry was going to get it appraised, like he yeah. was going to sell it or something. Yeah, I feel like he was asking when he was asking, "Hey, ring, hey, Joe, can I have that ring back?" Oh, oh, Barry, sure you can. You know, like it yeah, was. Yeah. I feel like that actually would have been a more clever way to ask for permission. <laughs> yeah. That's just me. He didn't even bother, you know, what do you want it for? Yeah. Uh... I'm taking it to a jeweler. Yeah, yeah. We're going yeah. to Pawn Stars. I'm going to see if they if I can rip them off. I know they can be pretty stingy, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, this kind of felt like uh, par for the course uh, for what we've gotten this half of the season. Um most of the episodes have sort of been fine, but uh, nothing overtly memorable. And uh, I feel like... Do you yeah. think Tom Felton is going to join the regular cast, or do you think Danielle Panabaker is going to leave the cast with him? Ooh, okay. Because um... we're entering season four. I, don't, I mean, I feel like we kind of need a little shake-up. I would like for her to go and for him to stay. I like him. Uh, and I feel like you could do more with... I mean, in his characters, we've kind of explored uh, a lot with Caitlin. I feel like we've... Uh, in three seasons, we've sort of done everything with her. Yeah, just how many times can she date a guy and him be bad? Like, at this point, oof. Yeah. 
Um, oh, hey, Caitlyn's got a new boyfriend. Super villain. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> every time. Well, I mean, except for her first. I mean, he started out kind of bad, but that's I mean, only... he is a super villain in a different dimension. Oh, that's true. And she's a super villain in a different dimension. Anyway, uh, yeah. I, I, the one thing I did like, I did like the fact that they <laughs> had Savitar piggyback off of this. Mm-hmm. As oh, when he did the time, when he did the, uh, when he did Flashpoint, I did like the fact that they had he piggybacked off him to create these events. Yeah, that was pretty clever. He's a That's smart a guy. good way to do retcon if it was retcon. They did a bit. They did a bit with Savitar as well. He felt a little less mustache twirly in this episode to me. Yeah, I like the scene where it was Felton having to. With ADR over his his mouth, <laughs> that was right. a. I'm not gonna lie, that was a genuinely creepy scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh okay, yeah, this guy he ain't messing around, shit. Indeed, no. Um, all right, so who do you, you think it is? Who do you think Savitar is? Because it's good. It's obviously gonna be one of them. You think it's gonna turn out to be one of them from another dimension or something, or from the no, future? no, no. He says it like you'll meet me soon. Mm-hmm. And just wondering who. Who it is? And a kid. I'm not sure. Um. Also, it's, I at this point maybe it'll be they, Joe. They, they really need to bring in Booster Gold if they keep doing this future stuff. I mean, I it's been talked about a lot for. I mean, mostly in like doing a Booster Gold uh, show or something, but um, that name has been brought up increasingly over the years. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he uh, works. Yeah, sure. Do something. Do something yeah. to Flash. Because, I mean, look, the uh, the shows aren't bad. I'm not going to give this episode a bad score. But they do. Yeah. I, I do feel like they're kind of treadmilling right now. Yeah, I think their biggest thing is they set up, like, the whole most, at least halfway through the season, it was set up to this point. Mm-hmm. So when you're riding to get somewhere, like, you're going to have some... You know, you know what the end game is, so you can't really have any stakes. Right. I mean, at least it's not like, you know, nine movies leading up <laughs> no stakes. So. What are you talking about? Oh, you know, stuff. Okay. Um, I was like, are, are you referring to, like, the MCU or Star <laughs> yeah, Wars? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, Star Trek, perhaps? They're, they're well past nine movies at this point. Um, all right, what would you give The Wrath of Savitar? Uh, like a three and a half. Uh, three and three quarters, maybe. Right on the... Well, okay. I was going to say you were right on the button. I gave it three and a half as well. A fine episode. Uh, but nothing memorable about it. Uh, let's see if there was anything memorable about the next episode. Season two, uh, episode 13 of Legends of Tomorrow called Land of the Lost. Gideon, can you hear me? Very well, Captain. What's going on? They have no recourse but to follow the captain's orders. RIP. Initiate spectrum protocol. Self-destruct sequence activated. Uh, that's probably not good. You don't belong.
Rip issues an override order to Gideon to activate the Wave Rider self-destruct sequence, but the team manages to reboot Gideon and stop it. They crash land in the Cretaceous period, and Ray, Amaya, and Nate venture out to recover a lost engine part. Mick suggests using the Time Master method of mental programming to travel inside Rip's mind and discover the location of Commander Steel and the final piece of the spear. Uh, Sarah and Jax travel inside Rip's mind, encountering evils from Rip's past, evil versions of themselves, and Gideon in human form. And, of course, a trapped Rip hunter. Well, at least the Rip that they know. Uh, Ray, Nate, and Amaya retrieve the engine part, with Amaya using her abilities to basically train a dinosaur and stop them from attacking them. Uh, Nate and Amaya start to develop mutual feelings, but Ray advises against this, reminding Nate and Amaya's granddaughter will eventually inherit her abilities. Sarah, Jax, and Gideon free Rip's consciousness before Sarah and Jax return to reality. Rip shares a kiss with the human Gideon in his mind before returning to reality and resuming his role as captain, informing the team that he does know the location of Commander Steel and the last piece of the spear. Meanwhile, in 1970s Earth, John Swigert of Apollo 13's command module, the pilot, uh, who is not played by Kevin Bacon this time, uh, has a meeting with the medical examiner, uh, examiner who is revealed to be Eobard Fawn. Uh, okay, what did you think of Land of the Lost? Well, we're going to kind of go in reverse order of things. Sure. We're going to go backwards to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Awesome that they're doing Apollo 13. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, don't care. This is great. <laughs> I mean, I, so I saw them. I saw the episode title for next week, and I'm like, oh, clearly they're going to do the moon landing is what I figured. Uh, but then when they did this scene and I saw John Swigert, my, my immediate thought was, oh my God, they're doing fucking Apollo 13. This is, this is so much better. And then I was immediately disappointed when Tom Hanks did not shout, that's flight surgeon horseshit, Deke. I didn't get to hear that. So, uh, that removed half a star. I lost signal on their kidneys. Yeah, I was uh tired of everyone in Houston. No one what my 3D is <laughs> This I mean, just the imagery of seeing like his his name patch on his it's like, oh I want to go watch Apollo thirteen again. I know, right? It's such a good movie. But yeah, continue. And it's also kinda cool. So like so what you find what it is is that the legends stop them from landing on the moon because if he gets on the moon he gets something. Mm-hmm. Uh which Presumably is the spear or something. Yeah, that's great. That's that's great. <laughs> that's the kind of fun stuff you can have with history. Sure. That's that's amazing. I'm really happy. And then um I'm waiting for like Jim Lovell to be like, "Oh, that's why we didn't land on the moon." Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So and then cuz I, I really do want I do want to talk about the big thing last, so or the big thing for me. Uh, so we'll go back to the beginning. I really just want to talk about Apollo 13 because that was great. Um, yeah, we got to see, oh, well, we didn't see, but you know, you got to be in the land of dinosaurs. You got to see Ray's little hut. Oh yeah. You know, as much as I, I don't really like, uh, I thought they did kind of fun stuff with the whole Amaya and Nate 
flirting with one another. And I thought it was funny, like, with them having Rave, oh, of course he's interrupting, blah, blah, blah. But even though, you know, it is revealed that he's doing it on purpose, it is funny the fact that even if they didn't do it, you would just believe it's Ray being Ray. Like, yeah, it, it works both ways. That that was That's a good bit. Um, and then again, having this pairing of Mick and Stein and, and Mick has the one who's the expert on, on cranial, uh, inception is, uh, was quite amazing. And Stein had to get him beer, make yeah. it six. Oh yeah. Uh, as his assistant. And even when they're in there, like, you know, they're good little moments, you know, especially when she actually finds Rip. <laughs> You know, you find human form Gideon. Oh yeah, and it was clever that, of course, her character wouldn't be compromised because they wouldn't thought they wouldn't think of the AI system mm-hmm. as as being against. That was that. That's a good, um, you know, kind of like if you build this giant battle station, you just there was just this one little flaw. Yeah, you just completely forgot about it, and the whole system goes. It was that's kind of how this felt, which was which was nice, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Uh, you know, the real big thing of them having that kiss and somehow her also being aware of that kiss. Mm-hmm. I don't quite understand it, which I guess... No, you know what? If if she is the ship and they are using Matrix-E uh, needles to go into the brain, I guess it sure. would, in a way, she could she, piggyback off of them going into a, that. She could be aware, yeah. Yeah, so I guess, in a way, I'll forget because <laughs> it's fine. But it was mm-hmm. very strange and it was very her... Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, this was evocative to me of uh, two of my favorite other sci-fi TV shows uh, when they did this thing with Rip. Because uh, this was this was basically straight out of an episode of Deep Space Nine where there was a, like a... Like a fed, there's like a dude who worked for the, the Federation, but like their double secret, um, you know, Illuminati secret police type organization that sort of works outside of the boundaries and he's got some sort of information stuck in his head but he is like comatose he's like nearly brain dead and these guys like essentially do what they did here where they sort of go into his uh his brain to try to like retrieve the information it's it's almost an exact uh, copy of of what this episode was although i think they were also trying to save rip uh as well but they also wanted to get the information Uh, And, of course, this is sort of uh, evocative of Doctor Who. There's, like, an episode where the the essence or the the being of the TARDIS or whatever is manifest in a human body, and she's sort of in love with the Doctor uh, and he with her because they're, you know, they're sort of like these lifelong companions that have been traveling together forever. Uh, So, yeah, those are the first things that, like, came to my mind when they did all of this stuff, so... I mean, it was like, uh, I was okay with all of it, because I, I sort of understood where they were coming from. No, I mean, from. it made a lot of sense. And it's sure. not like she's your, it's not like it's a hard metal ship. I mean, they do interact with her. She has a little mm-hmm. bit of sass. That's why, oh, yeah, that's yeah. why I say her. Like, if you watch the movie Her, like... Which is also a good movie. Yeah, like, once you kind of get, again, it's one of those things, just like La La Land. You, either you're okay with them dancing in the middle of a traffic jam, or, or you're not. Yep. And it's like, you either get this or you don't. And if you get it, like, then it, you know, even it still kind of takes some coaxing. But once you get to that point, like, it 100% makes sense. Like, yeah. 
and you can empathize with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that that was good. Um, the dinosaur stuff was a little weird. You know, for a show that... <laughs> I, I love that there's still... Look, at least in Jurassic Park, they made an excuse as for why the dinosaurs don't look like what we now believe scientifically accurate dinosaurs to look like. Cuttlefish. Yeah, there's a there's an excuse. What's the excuse here, Glenn, for the big scaly T-Rex? I mean, presumably the T-Rex... Time aberration. Was fe- okay. They didn't, they didn't do that, but... Um, I mean, so, it's just, it's what people think they are. I mean... Sure, sure. I, I mean, also don't think there was shitloads of snow and that dinosaurs hibernated from the snow. Sure. Um, but it's also because the Earth is flat, so, you know, what do I know? I So I don't know that much about Amaya's powers. Does she have, uh, presumably by this, uh, by this example, she can just emulate the abilities of any creature? I thought maybe yeah, she had like a certain. As long as she, as long as she has something from them, like whenever it roars or she sees it, like uh, as long as the amulet has come into contact with it, then it can emulate that creature. Gotcha. Um, I mean, she's pretty much Aquaman, but with a cool necklace. Yeah, and not just fish. Like so he can talk to other creatures, not just fish. Aquaman can like Aquaman can talk to like bears and shit. His, he could theoretically. Okay. It just those powers don't work when he's outside of water. Ah, so like if he was in the water, like a polar bear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that could work. I gotcha. That makes that okay. That that makes some sense. Um. Yeah. This was. Uh, I like this better than Flash. Yeah. Um, me too. But I mean, you know, Flash doesn't have McRory on it anymore. <laughs> Which is weird to say because at the time when well, he was on that, it's gonna have Captain Cold next week on the Flash. Mm-hmm. Which is always gonna be a a treat. I mean, it's not gonna be him. It's gonna be like Speed Force manifestation, probably. But true. Whatever. Um. Yeah, I like the episode though, and I'm super pleased that they're doing Apollo 13. And yeah, I mean, this was. Uh, this is very similar to what's happening on Flash in so much as that they're not doing... There's not a whole lot of leaps forward here, but this show, for whatever reason, I feel like is doing it much more entertainingly mm-hmm. than Flash, where Flash is always it just feels like a fine... You know, that was a fine episode. Um, Legends always has me walking away feeling like not only was it fine, but it was fun. Yeah. And... That that always turn helps. your brain off for an hour and mm-hmm. just just enjoy it. It's yeah, it's always so much more fun. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see I'm excited to see what happens uh, next week for sure. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add, or would you like to hop right into the score for Land of the Lost? Uh, Land of the Lost, I'll give it a um, like a four and a quarter. Okay, I gave it a full. And I will be I will be more than pleased to give next week's episode uh, a six because of Apollo thirteen. Uh, if it's look, if there's like a bunch of callbacks to things that happened in the movie in this episode, I will be I will be so happy. Or or if people just reference the movie, I'm sure somebody's gonna like Ray. 
or Nate, yeah. one of these guys is going to have to reference the movie. It's going to have to happen. And, you know, in a sad way, it is topical. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, and look, uh, I think Ray does say, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. So, somebody gets his, Did you say topical, sir? Yeah, with Bill Paxton passing away. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was Fred Hayes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I'd, I'd forgotten about that until you... He's the glue this. guy in that movie. He is, yeah. In a, in a lot of ways. Who is your favorite character in that movie? In that movie? Um, Mine's Gary Sinise. Oh, is... Uh, as... Um, fuck, what's his name? Kenny? Yeah. Uh, shit. It's, it's going to really bug me now until I remember his name. I'm gonna go looking. He was really good in the movie too. What what do they what do they say he had like measles? Measles, which is a real thing that could happen today because people are stupid. Uh, Ken Mattingly, I think it was. Was it was it Mattingly? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, he was great. Um, man, there's actually a lot. Like, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, Ed Harris is great in that movie. Ed, yeah, as the as the flight commander. Um, I mean, there's like there's all sorts of like, Jason character. Isaacs. There's all sorts of character actors in there. Um, Ron Howard's brother, whose name I always forget. Yeah, Clint uh, Howard. Clint Howard, of course. Um, there's just there's just like a million great little character like. I, you know what? Actually, I think my favorite character might be Houston. Like, just all the people. <laughs> just Houston. Like, yeah, all the people, like, in the command room. Like, the interactions and stuff in there. I just, I love those scenes. Those those are some of my favorite. They're uh, trying to figure out, okay, this is what they got. <laughs> oh, yeah, they put all that <laughs> shit on the table. Yeah. We got to make this fit into a whole design for this. You know what's really funny? I'm fairly certain Jason Isaac's in this movie. Because I think he's in this movie, and then he's also in uh, Armageddon. <laughs> you think he's in Apollo 13? I'm fairly certain he's in Apollo 13. I know he's in Armageddon. Right. Uh, let me go look real quick. Uh... Oh, it came out in 94, 95. I mean, if he's in the movie, he's not like in the main listing of people i don't see his name no he's not i guess i guess he is just an armageddon i don't know why i thought he was in both wouldn't have surprised me uh well anyway uh i think we stopped talking about legends of tomorrow we did um all right so uh before we get going head on over to cinemageekly.com check out the archives of flashing arrow and of course uh take a sampling of all the other shows we have available and this podcast, like all of our others, uh, it's available on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for Flashing Arrow and hit subscribe. Glenn and I will return, uh, health pending, for next week's episodes. There will be three of them. Uh, it'll be Season 3, Episode 16 of The Flash, called Into the Speed Force. Season 2, Episode 14 of Legends of Tomorrow, called Moonshot. And Season 5, Episode 16 of Arrow, called Checkmate. <laughs>